Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel toe boots? Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Look really at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I pull the John? What are we apologizing for? What do we say? What do we do? <laughs> Look at this boomer right uh, here. Look at this boomer. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Which one? I love how the party, I like the mix, fades right into Sherrod's party. Sherrod's got a little thing going, yep. Because yep. we always got a party at the TD Garden. Yeah. Always. Yep. Well, they always win, so it's always a party. There you go. There you go. My goodness. What's Gucci, Sherrod and John? I don't know. I, I stopped watching this game at like the th like three minutes into the second quarter. Yeah, me too. They went up 30 <laughs> and they just never gave it up. You weren't alone. Uh, it's, it's unusual to see a team go up or down 36 points in the first half. And keep the it. First half. Yeah, and, and, and have no significant let, let up. Uh, I don't think the lead ever dipped below like 23, 25 after they went up big like that. That's unusual. That's unusual, not just for the Suns, but just in a broad sense. It's unusual uh, to shoot six, to shoot eighteen percent from three, too. If you're the and the worst the part guy. about it, Jimmy, they're, they're, that from three point range and from the field, because at one point I think they were down like fifteen percent from the field. I mean, we're talking damn near sale tax shooting <laughs> from the field. You know you you know you're having a rough day when your shooting is damn near what the sales tax percentage is. This there is should be some yeah. level of punishment though for 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 performing this poorly. You know what I mean? Is like. Like, like, forget load management. We're not talking stadium stairs. We're talking like let's get a real punishment. Relegation. No, but I mean, like players everyone's have to go to the G League for like a week. All the boomers freaked out about load management. What's worse, if Tatum sat out tonight or literally Utah existing? You know, like that's a lot worse for fans and for the game. Nobody wins here. Like nobody. It would have Other been than the Celtics. It would have been and my guy Lamar Stevens wins. My guy Lamar Stevens did win because he it'd got on the floor. It'd be more fun to have watched the Celtics bench try to win this one than, 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 than what transpired tonight, which was lazy ball, but whatever. You're going to have you're, a few of these you're slowly on the trending. You're slowly trending towards it would have been more fun if the Celtics just lost tonight. Like, or like, if everyone just tore their ACLs, it would have been better tonight. <laughs> Oh, that's an old joke. That's an old joke. That's an, an old joke. joke. Shut up. That's an old joke. Everybody relax. <laughs> They're coming oh, for you, John. They're coming. Shut They're up. They're coming. Oh. We're just joking. All of you. Shut up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just one of those games. They won. Next. Spacers tomorrow. That's the show. No, but that's what's kind but of you know fun. That's what's fun is there's not – I'm not going to spend a second talking about anything that went on tonight because none of it mattered at all. They hit – I mean – We got, it, a, Drew, I mean, we got a good Drew Holiday game. We got a good Drew Holiday game. That's true. Yeah. That was that, – that's literally the only thing that I, I, I could even sort of kind of but not really <laughs> like about this from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, the the the, 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 the I, I like I like driving the lane in the left-handed dunk. Nice little statement from Drew there. Yeah, right to um, bat to start things off. He brought it tonight. Yeah. You can tell that he watched the show, Sherrod. He watched the show. He saw the 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 chat, um, you know, kind of hating on him a little bit, and he knew he had to show up tonight. And he had a nice bounce back game. I thought Celtics as a whole had a nice bounce back game. Not that, not that they all needed one, but Drew Holiday certainly. Um, if you had any 
um, concerns about health or, or anything like that. I think he looked pretty active out there. He was, he was quick. Now, again, what good does it do you when it's against a team like Utah compared to a team like OKC? Uh, not much, but it's at least good to see that he's not hurting, I guess you could say. Yeah, and, and the, the thing about this particular game, the Celtics came into this game ranked in the top three in both offensive and defensive rating, which is highly unusual for a team to be ranked that high. But the thing about it in this game, they show why they're ranked that high. I mean, they dominated this thing at both ends of the floor. And, yeah, it's Utah, and you should win, but Utah's been playing a lot better. Uh, Utah came in here feeling pretty good that at a minimum they compete, which I thought they would. I didn't think they'd win, but, damn, I didn't think they'd get their ass whooped like this, though. Um, I, I thought they'd play a little bit better than this. Um, Will Hardy's a good coach, but some of his lineup combinations didn't make sense. Like, his second unit looked way better in terms of just known talent than his starters. I mean, you've got, you know, John Collins came in from Atlanta coming off the bench. You know, you got Clarkson, six-man-of-the-year type guy coming off the bench. They have better players on their second unit, and that second unit sucked. First unit sucked. They sucked as a whole. It's a bad game. But give the Celtics credit. They did what teams that are near the top should do. You bring a bad team into our building, we're going to kick your ass. This is what's supposed to happen. And so I guess we'll say, like, the nice things is um, you could get bored with this one and let a team crawl back into it. Um, and it didn't happen. The second quarter was as dominating as the first. And the third quarter was as dominating as it needed to be, which just to, just to maintain that distance. And that's basically all you had to do. And you did it. So, I mean, hats off. I, I Again, I just find it disappointing. I find this similar. And you see the Celtics starting to slack you know, in the third a little bit. But, I mean, they also emptied the bench with about three, four minutes ago. Uh, this felt a little like that, um, which one was the Washington game really early in the year, when you're like, these guys didn't come at all, like at all. And, again, kudos to the Celtics, just hammered away, and that was that, and took care of business. What's funny is at the same time, not funny but interesting, same exact time, you know, Pacers are putting it on the Hawks uh, as well. And, and you know these two teams play tomorrow. You know the Celtics got – I'm not going to say embarrassed, but they definitely uh, – you know, they were put on notice a little bit. And Humbled. So have the Bucks. So have the Bucks too, you know, into that in-season tournament situation when the Pacers just ran them out of the building. They just beat them. They just – they outplayed them. Uh, and and uh, Celtics put up 70-something in the first half. Pacers put up 78. Celtics kind of like, you know, rest all their starters, pump the brakes – Pacers rest all their starters. They keep going. They put up one freaking 50 tonight. That's the third time this year they put up a 150 spot. That's what you have going in tomorrow. This is actually pretty fun. I know this has been Jimmy's team, even though in his mind, he's rooting for like erstwhile Pacers. Like his yeah. team involved, his team involved like Sabonis and Turner and, uh, you know, Turner's you know, still Turner's there, but yeah, yep, exactly. so I'm still affiliated. A little bit. He's still affiliated, but holy crap, man. You know, like McConnell, I think, I think Hall- still there. Halliburton had 10 points. He didn't even, he was like, that's all I need. This um, offense so th- is unbelievable. It's like historically good, right? I mean, that's going to be fun. That is, that is. And, and, and that's the big takeaway. You came out of this game, you got your guys some rest for what's going to be a great weekend series against the Pacers. Uh, Indiana is a sneaky good team, man. I mean, they, they've, they've had their ups and downs this year, but when you start looking at what they're able to do, on a night-in, night-out basis, they can score with the best of them. They are the best at doing that. And if you're the Celtics, you know, you're going to be challenged. You're going to be tested. You, 
I think there's a different level of respect for Indiana now than there was maybe a month, month and a half ago from the Celtics. I think they thought Indiana was a pretty good team, but, you know, we're better. And now it's like we can't think we're better. We have to go out and show it, and they're going to get a couple cracks at doing that. The last yeah, I mean, it's an era three. It's an era of offense right now. Uh, uh, go ahead, no, Jimmy. I'll, I'll follow a quick up. Stat, quick stat. Three of their last four games, the Pacers have scored at least 140 points. Like, that's insane. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah, not an accident. I mean, <laughs> the top six um, uh, offensive rating seasons, and I know teams start, uh, you know, hot and things cool down. The top six offensive rating se- rated seasons all time are right now. Wow. With the Pacers number one, with the greatest offensive rating in the history of basketball at 123.4, and the Celtics at 121.7 coming in second. Then the Bucks, um, Sixers, Thunder. Hawks. Okay, so Hawks, we're in that we're in Hawks. that era right That's now. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. So you've okay. got teams that put it on there, and and then you got you got boomers like Nick, uh, longing for the days of ninety six, ninety four, uh, when the guys played real defense with yeah, their you elbows. You got um, four guys that finished the game with five <laughs> fouls each. Hey, the nineties were 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 fun basketball games too, John. They're just different. They're yeah, is that what they're calling but, it? Yeah, they were tougher. Sherrod. they were tougher. Shout out to Jason Tatum for uh, giving us oh, five, uh, five, five dollars of his uh, thirty-three Thank million. You, Tatum. Um, he said this so is the game Sherrod's been asking for. He says Sherrod. This is what you're team. supposed to do, though. Seriously, right. though. I mean, if this is a team that you know you're significantly better than, beat the snot out of them. Sit your ass. Oh my Tatum, God! Tatum went to the bench with like three minutes left in the third quarter, and there was not a minute where you felt maybe, just maybe, he might have to come back in. Hell no! You're gonna take the sneakers off, get on the bike, ride a little bit, you know, go get a snack, order something from the, you know, from, you know, from the upper area. Just relax. And this is this is what you're supposed to do against teams like in like uh, Utah. Love yeah. it. Uh, let me let me ask you guys a question. I, 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 if you haven't closely looked at the Pacers box score. Uh, they scored 150 points. How many assists do you think they had tonight? 100. The Pacers? Like 45. 50. Assists, Jimmy. <laughs> I say 45. 50, 50 assists. Wow. Jimmy's wow. like 112. <laughs> no, Jimmy, no. Quick math. It was quick math. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Homeschooling at its finest, baby. 300 assists. <laughs> yes, Jimmy. That's what they did. Uh, orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they pass the ball a lot. Wow. Yeah. How many did Halliburton have? Ten points. Oh, how many assists? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna 100. go twelve. 100. Yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. I'm gonna go twelve. Halliburton had eighteen assists in twenty-five Damn. minutes. <laughs> He's just feeding the troops. So okay. who, who who contains Halliburton tomorrow, Sherrod? So that's my question. Okay. No, it's my question. I missed Okay, fine, you asked. No, I just me. did. I, I missed the OKC game, and if I were here, hey, up, I would have said, TV. hey, come on, come hey, on, God report here. Sherrod, what's up with that guy? Come on, <laughs> come on, Mush. Um, hey, so if I were here, I would have said my favorite part of last, uh, uh, the OKC game, 
which I thought the Celtics played fairly well uh, for most of it. I think OKC played it extremely well and they shot really well. My favorite part was Tatum finally saying, that's my guy, and and stepping up and guarding SGA at the yes. end. Uh, my, my criticism, not criticism, is, look – I think Holiday's in the same mold as Smart, and, and this is what got me and Sherrod by by you know in trouble when we said like, hey, those really quick, shifty, you know, straight line attack the basket guards are a little bit tough for guys like that and for guys like Smart who play more physical. Holiday's in the same mold of defender as Marcus Smart, physical, smart, great positioning, tries to stay in front of you, use the body, you know, uh, terrific instincts, great hands, but guy like SGA ate him up a little bit. Derek White might have had a little better chance, but he wasn't super successful. I would have liked to see Jalen Brown say, that's my guy. I'm the guy who's talking about all defense. I'm priding myself on it. I play on the perimeter too. I'm going to lock this dude up. Okay. I kind of thought that might happen. I thought like when Jalen had that great Harden shutdown game in the playoffs after Harden went off, I thought you might've had that. I wonder who's the guy to do it to Halliburton here. And I wonder if Jalen Brown might kind of draw that. I got to believe it's going to be Tatum again. I think down the stretch Tatum is going to act. Yeah, I think Tatum, I think Tatum is, is is slowly understanding that has to be the role of a great player in this era. That yeah, I can go out there and get you thirty points every night, but can I can I defend the best player when I, Tatum doesn't need to lock him up in the first and second third quarter? What do you do in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line? Are you going to be that dude to step up and make life tough for him? I think Tatum's going to be that guy. I do. I really do. Um, I, I wonder. What do you think? I, the, the chat seems to like the Tatum thing. I think, t- like again, Tatum was the only guy who really stepped up and got in SGA's That's way. Saying. That's so, what I'm saying. And it's too bad that you know maybe he didn't do it a little bit sooner. Jalen Brown picked up two quick fouls in that game. I wouldn't be shocked if he wants another crack at it. You know, maybe it's a different situation here. Um, and but isn't this why they brought in Holiday, John? I understand that. He's better against certain guards and the, and the quicker ones and the shiftier ones give him trouble and he'd rather just use his body and his force. But, like, I'd be surprised if, if the guards aren't aren't giving it, a shot, giving it a shot here against Halliburton. Jimmy, they're all going to get some of that smoke. Everyone's going to get some. I mean, they are. I, mean, yeah, but I think late in the game, though, I think you – to me, Tatum, I think, is a better – in those half-court sets, moving laterally, getting over screens, then I think Drew is. Drew is a great defender, but Drew, when it comes to quick, shifty guards, that's not his strength. Tatum is better in that regard defensively than Drew Holiday is. And down the stretch, those are the kind of, that's the matchup that you know Indiana's going to go to. You know they're going to look to ISO him. And Tatum, I think, is a better defender in that particular situation than Drew Holiday is. Uh, but, but, let me, but, but, Jimmy, you know – Drew's going to get some of that. Tatum's going to yeah, get some gonna, of that. Yeah, they're going to be Jalen, they're all going to get some of that, that, that Halliburton smoke. Uh, but I yeah. think down the stretch, I think we're going to see a little bit more of um, Tatum on him. I mean, you also yep. got Tur- Turner and Heal. They're going to are going to you know create issues too out there. Um, sure. So, I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a committee approach. I mean, Halliburton's the head of the snake here, right? I mean, if he's not scoring, he's – passing the ball or the hockey assist, whatever you want to call it. He's, he's involved in practically every single one of their plays. So um, I think the important thing is to just get in his face, just make it difficult for him. Be physical. Don't let him run circles around everybody out there. You know, I mean, that's what I would, that's my message to the team is he's too comfortable out there right now. He thinks he's a star of the show and he is, but 
he's still Tyrese Halliburton. Like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he, he hasn't arrived. He shouldn't feel that he's arrived, even though he kind of has. Put him back in his place a little bit. Be physical. Knock him down. I'm not saying play dirty, but don't make it so easy for him to dance around out there and smile for the cameras and all this stuff. You know, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Then I think that's where, like, yeah. a, a veteran team, like a guy like Holiday, been there, done that, like, you know, bring them, you know, bring the smoke a little bit if I'm holiday. So I like bring that some matchup. 90s boomer ball. To exactly. It, bring right? me some, bring me back some boomer. I don't want to see 140 to 142 tomorrow. I want to see. You want to see 9288? and tumble. I want to see 9288. I want to see, I want to see guys fouling out. I want to see, uh, you know, 15 rebounds. I want elbows. I want all that stuff. But if you're physical with Halliburton, I think that's going to go a long way in really slowing down the Pacers offense a little bit. I'm not, again, there's a lot fine line between being dirty and being physical, but I think if you're physical with this Pacers team, they don't want to. I don't think they want to play tough. I think they just want to razzle dazzle and play offense. But if you punch him in the mouth a little bit, and make things difficult for him, slow it up. I think that's how you win the game. Jimmy, I would run through a friggin' wall for you, dude. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Let's, Let's go. Let's go. Oh my god! Stop letting these I'm guys pumped. dance around. I- I'm pumped up. Right this now. isn't dance class. This is the NBA. <laughs> I am pumped up. Somewhere Rick Mahorn is shedding a tear over what you just said, Jimmy. That's right. If I'm the Celtics, and this isn't just going for tomorrow, if you like, where's the pride in playing defense anymore? John, you're talking about the six best offensive teams of all time. The Hawks are five games under 500. They might not even make the playoffs. And we're going to sit here and talk about how they're one of the best offensive teams of all time. Where's the pride in playing defense? Why are the Hawks you mad are, at me? They're the not the first team in history. John, this is your fault. This is your coach. coach. I'm not their coach. A team like Like, the Hawks is nowhere near a historically good team. So to act like they're a top five offense of all time, like where the hell has defense gone in this league? And it's effort, it's pride. A little bit, sure, but I think there's a lot of pride that gets that's involved that that needs to be taken on the defensive end. A guy like Jalen Brown or whoever should look at the matchup and say, "He's mine. I want him." And I don't care if I go out there and score 10 points tonight. If I if I force him to take 30 shots to score 20, then I'm pumped about that. And the Celtics will win that game. If, if Halliburton has to shoot like that, that's a layup win for them. But they need to want to. And that's, I think, again, maybe Missoula can get through to them on that at front. But I, I, I think, and I want not to bring him up because I know he's coming to town too, but I think Ime was good at, at making these guys Play like assholes and take oh, that asshole mentality. Here we go, Jimmy. You're That's starting what, trouble. No, I'm not. You're giving, I'm, a, you're, you're giving you're not giving credit to the coach of the month. You're I'm giving him credit. credit I'm, 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 listen, he, he deserves credit too. But I think when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, it's not just a Celtics issue. It's an NBA issue, and like you just got to play like assholes more and play harder. And I think Ime was good at that with this team. Was, and I'm not the, saying he, I'm not saying Joe isn't, but. I think that we can all agree that there's been games where we've all been pretty frustrated with the effort on the defensive end. And it's not a Celtics problem. It's, it's an NBA problem. But I only care about the Celtics. I, I'm surprised that you sound Joe a little boomer, isn't, but that's okay. You, you yeah. did. You did. Yeah. And, and we're going we're gonna to move on from your boomer, boomerisms. But Joe, I'm a little surprised, isn't a little bit more defensive-minded when you're coming from the, you know, the, the, the Huggins tree of, of players that he's coached. Because Bob Huggins, you, you think about some of the guys that he's coached, Hmm. Toughness was the one thing that I'm damn near every single one of them had in common. And it was like tangible toughness, not like, oh, he's a really mentally tough guy. No, guys like Kenyon Martin would absolutely put you on your ass and dare you oh, to say Kenyon something. Martin, yeah. 
Katie Bryant was one of my favorite players in the NBA. Not full disclosure. Loved him because that was the one. He was an asshole. He was. And if you you weren't sure if he could come with the smoke, test him and find out. Many have tried. All failed. He will knock you on your ass like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have the Celtics. They don't have anyone like that. They're not that enforcer. No. Right, and, and and the league yeah. has legislated that stuff out of the game. I mean, basically, think about this. Grant Williams is such a is a really nice guy, but he was kind of their low key enforcer last year, which tells you how right. legislated that that type of role is out of and the NBA. It's hard to be an enforcer in this game. And you know what? That's why these guards are out there dancing around all the time. Sure, yeah. they they can just okay. dance and prance and do whatever the hell they want because there's nobody to check them. No one is going to check them, and if they get, even if you try to get physical with them, you're going to get, you're going to pick up fouls, or you'll pick up a tech, or you'll get tossed. Right. So, yeah, I, I get it why guys aren't more physical. That doesn't yeah, mean you I should get... let your guy score at will. Get a hand in his yeah, face. Right. Get up in right. his airspace. There are ways you can still be a good defender and Use not your fouls up. I don't give a you crap about that. You got six of them. man. Just go ahead, just, John. I know. Just look. Play connected and close out on the threes. Like just, you just do what you got to do defensively. You just can't, you just can't allow free shooters. You know this, and you just got to, you got to match their pace. You know, um, and no, you got to slow their that, pace. Don't no, you? Don't, because guys, we don't gotta, play. Gotta, we don't go. play to I, them. I gotta go. Okay. Get that guy on TV. Get this guy on. Sherrod, TV. Oh Jesus, he's mad. Yeah, Sherrod doesn't mad. get mad. Whoever out there is messing with Sherrod. It was that guy who crossed him, crossed behind back him. Before. The, the f- yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't like speaking that. Of, speaking of checking yourself, Sherrod's I about to like check it. that dude. Uh oh. Yeah, John. You don't know who I want to go back to one thing that you just said. Okay. You said match their pace. It's not on the Celtics to match the Pacers' pace. It's on the Celtics to set the pace. That's the difference. The Celtics need to be the aggressor. They need to come out and set the tone, set the pace, whatever you want to say it. Slow the Pacers down. No pun intended with all this pace talk here. But they have to slow it down. Otherwise, they're going to lose that. They're going to lose that game, Sherrod. Uh, I mean, Sherrod, John, Sherrod just left us. The Pacers have proven that, again, not to, no pun intended, but when they set the pace, it's hard to keep up. That's why they're scoring outscoring everybody. They're not doing it on the defensive end. They're setting the pace and they're doing it faster and they're doing it better than everybody. So slow the pace. No, I hate that. Don't slow it down. Yeah. You, slow you, it you, down. Go, yeah. you go slow. They go fast. I hate that. No, 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 no. They the don't the go Celtics, fast. You slow them down. No, the, the way the Celtics let you just defend. Anyway, let, we'll get to it in a minute. Bobby's going to join us. Josue's going to join us. Uh, we're going to tell you briefly about FanDuel. Uh, NFL season is winding down. There's only one thing left to do, and that's to put all that? of your energy uh, into the Patriots losing on Sunday. It's the most important thing that will have happened to this franchise since Brady left. It is really, 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 really important. So, but well, it's the most important draft pick since Drew Bledsoe. Sure. Agree. Don't sure me. Yeah. I mean, that's a fact. I was like a Rick 20- Meyer guy. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, if you want to get in on the action here is the NFL uh, regular season is winding down ahead of the playoffs, and there's going to be a ton of action. FanDuel's offering you this deal right now. It's the first of all, FanDuel is 
the official partner of the NFL and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And if you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston, take advantage of this deal when you sign up today. 150 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet before... It was a little trickier. You had to win a $5 money line bet. Those aren't always easy, uh, despite all of the strong advice Jimmy Tucano was giving you. All you got to wow. do, all you got to do, deposit 10, all you gotta bet do is five. Bet. Yep, bet five. Oh, I got balloons. How did that happen? What's going on over there? I didn't do that. You got balloons because you, you did the read correctly. You nailed hey, it. Man, you, you got balloons. Um, and that's it. Uh, 150 bonus, uh, bonus wow. bets. That, that That's all you got to do. It's uh, never so, been easier. It's literally never been easier, folks. You just in, make the bet. In the early days, that's what they had. I just got to tell you, you got to be 21 and present in a state where uh, gambling is legal. Uh, and the, it's a $10 deposit is repi- required. Only a $5 bet. You deposit, you sign up. Deposit 10, bet five, real money wagers only to start. And if you do that, no matter what, once that bet is settled and the game is over, you get 150 into your account. You can mess around with that and place any kind of bet. Uh, again, these are bonus bets, not actual money, but you can use this to win actual money. Right. Uh, if you have yeah, gambling problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com. Uh, and for more, I'm sorry, gambling help dot org um for any sort of gambling help if you need it 24 7 support uh in massachusetts as well so make sure you get it to take advantage of that gambling helpline ma.org yeah. call 800-327-5050 um i'll give everybody that, some help for a second and are that, you done yeah what kind of help do you have well just a little just a little gambling tip for week 17 give it to me help. There's a lot of players that are playing for their for like a production bonus this week. So you got to find out who those players are. It's probably a couple articles floating around out there. And you got to bet the over. Like let's say player X needs five catches to cash in on a five hundred thousand uh, dollar bonus in his contract. You bet your ass he's going to get those five catches. So you got to find those players and bet the overs on those. Now that's not part of that's not part of this five dollar money line bet. But you could theoretically win the one p.m. game five dollar money line bet. Maybe you get the 150 in bonus. No more money line, Jimmy. Come on. Oh, just any bet. Yeah, You don't have to win anything. You just got to right. place it. Yeah, you just got to bet it. So I thought you still have to bet. Okay, so you bet your $5. Hopefully you win it. Let's just assume you do. Then you take that bonus money and you bet all the player overs for any player that's playing for something. There's a lot of players that are playing for like contract bonuses this week. That's my, that's yeah. my gambling help. That's my tip line. Okay, we like it. We yeah. like it. Uh, this is the I question. I think um, DeAndre, who's the dude on um, Tennessee? DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop. Hopkins? I feel like he's like due for a big bonus if he catches a few balls. So I'm going to bet the over on that dude. He's boomer bust. Every- okay. I like it. I like it. Interesting talk in the chat. People talking about Jonathan Kuminga. I don't know what it would take to get him. I would find him to be very intriguing as somebody who might benefit from a change of scenery. I know he's on the outs there. Um, Also, someone put out there earlier uh, asking the question, who's better? Jason Tate, who's better? Jimmy Toscano or Bobby Manning? And we just said Jimmy, right? We we just said said Jimmy. We didn't even think about it. Smart, 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 Um, smart, really smart. 
Oh, Not when it comes to style, though. Look at Bobby. He's always got something. I think, he had a, <laughs> I think he had a sweatband on earlier this week, John. Did I? Who? Bobby. He had some kind of sweatband on on the show. No, I was wearing a hat. You guys always say that. but uh, It looked like a sweatband from my angle. What's up, Bobby? Got anything? Yeah, I love the defense tonight. I'm sure you guys hit on it. Feels like the defense nope. is going. We right actually haven't spent a second talking about, talking about the game. We talked about defense, but not on this in this game. <laughs> we, 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 it's, it's been a Pacers preview show most of the way, but I, I'm curious. You're there. You covered it. You talked to the guys. Give us some thoughts on this one before we before we jump back. Yeah, right from pregame tonight, I felt like the de- defense emphasized uh, the defensive emphasis set a tone for this game. Uh, after what was a pretty lackluster one against Oklahoma City, as uh, Jimmy and I talked about that night. I I like where it's going. 18 turnovers forced on Utah. I felt like many of the misses from the Jazz in this game and certainly some of the turnovers were unforced. Uh, This was just a dreadful effort from that team. But it feels like the Celtics more and more are starting to figure out who they are on that end, what roles they're playing. You saw Drew on the big guys again, whether it was John Collins or Markinen at times. Uh, you saw Porzingis roaming and protecting the rim as he started to do a little bit more. I love the way he did that against Oklahoma uh, in moments. So this is a side of the ball I felt really good about with them all year. But we've talked about the lack of forced turnovers and the lapses in transition and some of the other issues they've had there. They're starting to clean those up a little bit. And I just love, we heard it from the moment training camp started this year, Joe emphasizing defense, talking about it. Uh, still saying that the offense is setting the tone for that end. He really believes that. But also emphasizing their half-court principles, mixing looks, going to some zone again tonight. Uh, they have a bunch of different stuff that they can go to on that end. And certainly the personnel this year has really allowed them to reach a new level. They were third in the league to start this game. I'd have to imagine they'll finish the night at second ahead of Houston. Sherrod, you might not know it, Bobby, is coming in hot right now. Sherrod, okay? did you man? Did, I, I it... know. I was just with him. Let me see your hands. Bob, Bob. Is there blood on them? I'm not going to show you my hands, Jimmy. <laughs> Sherrod is coming in hot right now. I'm trying. I'm, 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 I was enjoying listening to Bobby talk because it was just kind of like. Soothing. Yes, it was soothing. He's not, not calling you boring, Bobby. He's no, just saying, not at all. No. He's but Bobby, Bobby has seen just got a snippet of my my state of existence right now. Sorry, Bobby, I didn't mean to do that. It's it's all good. No, it's, all right, it's fine. Let's Glad go. We're all together. Let's go. We're together. So, okay, we are together. All right, ready? So here's where I'm going to go with it. Okay, I was setting this up with my earlier conversation, um, just in terms of uh, you know uh, the. The, the Tatum stepping up in that last game guarding um, SGA. And I thought that was like the signature moment in, in a game that I thought he played really well after, after kind of like a, he felt his way out in the early going. I didn't think he was aggressive enough with some of what he was doing, but then everything else that he did, the, the offense flowed naturally and he, he focused on other aspects of his game with the rebounding and the defense. And that's what we always talked about is the key to Jason Tatum, like hitting that next level is worrying less about scoring and not always trying to win the superstar battle. Mm-hmm. However, in, I feel like every time this year they've matched up with the hot new thing, um, you leave that game and everyone's like, oh, 
is that guy better than Tatum? And I understand it's a natural reaction. You had it with Anthony Edwards when they lost to Minnesota. You have it with SGA and I, uh, who uh, in you know with that last game there. And look, really strong cases can be made for those guys. We debated it ourselves on the thread about where you rank everybody. I actually think they're all pretty jumbled together and super close. And that's not an insult to anybody to take it away. I think there's some really good players. But now you've got Halliburton kind of like nipping at everybody's heels and like, I might be a top 10 friggin' player and I'm here now. And so here you go again. So now it's like, is it important for Tatum to win the superstar battle or do you just sit back and rest and not relax, but say like, we're awesome. We're doing this as a team. Like what kind of happens in this scenario here? He needs to continue. Because Every time, every time the other team's guy puts up big numbers, Tatum right or wrong, people are going to look at him and point at him and be like, well, our guy didn't do that. He needs to continue to do what he did tonight, which was yes, hit big shots and score a ton. Uh, but also pass. I thought the three assists in the first quarter, you could have had two at least on top of that. So this is another really strong passing game in a week or two here where he's had uh, some much higher assist totals than usual, eight against Oklahoma City, uh, 10 again that Pistons game, seven in the Lakers game on Christmas. Uh, so those numbers are starting to tick a little bit higher for him. I've loved his passing. I thought he passed well against his own in this game. And the defense, the rebounding, it, we're seeing that, alongside his scoring, make him impactful. And Joe talked about that tonight, uh, that he doesn't have to be defined by that three-point shot, that he wants him to take them and be confident in them. But there's other areas of the game where he can impact when that's not there. And I feel like going back to the Ime days, uh, the Celtics coaching staff has talked about that, that he's just such a well-rounded player that even when his shot's not there on a given night, it shouldn't take him out of the game. And more and more, I think we're starting to see him, whether it's the 14 free throws tonight, the passing numbers, the defense, certainly in that last game down the stretch. I mean, I'm still amazed by that fourth quarter he had in Oklahoma City. There was a play where he missed the ball inside, grabbed his own miss twice, and just slammed it through everybody. So there's other components to his game, and Joe continues to stress this, that he needs to lean on. And it might not get you the accolades, might not get you the MVP award, but him kind of playing in the muck sometimes, like him being that rugged defender, the guy who's rebounding in crowds, or just even making a timely stop, those things matter in, in winning. And he hit his shots tonight, so that made it a spectacular night for him. And he got to the free throw line. I felt like he did some other stuff that would have won the game. Well, the biggest thing in, in all of this conversation is figuring out what you got to do to help your team win. I mean, Tatum, and I think what we're starting to see is the the more you're matching up with the Halliburton's, the Anthony Edwards, the, you know, the Shea Gilgis Alexanders of the world, the more your impact defensively in that particular matchup is what you're going to need to do the win. I think Tatum is embracing, not figuring out, but actually embracing the idea that, yeah, I can go out there and get 30 points every damn night, but a 30-point game doesn't necessarily mean that was a good game for me. Tatum has to figure out more than anything else how to consistently impact winning, and I think he's doing a good job of that. But if you're looking for, like, the blueprint on how to do it, this was a game that you you, you have to look at. His ability to, again, uh, get his points, get rebounds, play good defense uh, overall, and do all those things that the great ones are supposed to be able to do. We didn't see that until I thought against Oklahoma City. I thought it felt it was like a little too little too late when he embraced that need to get on Shea Gilgis Alexander because I thought he, had he a asked good for that, Sherrod. Right, 
Right. But I thought it was it, it should have happened sooner. Uh, I would have mm-hmm. liked it to happen sooner. And maybe he was hoping one of his teammates would step to the forefront and take on that challenge while he was getting buckets. That didn't happen. Uh, because one, there's a couple of things that the more I watch this team play, there's two things that really, really stand out to me. One, Tatum needs to be more comfortable and I think more take charge of those matchups, number one. And number two, they really need to continue to lean on Derek White to get them buckets in the clutch. Because Derek White right now is their best clutch store. You look at his numbers the last six, seven, eight games, the only guy who's making more of an impact in clutch moments of games in terms of scoring is some dude in Denver named Jokic. That's it. That's the guy that he is looking up to in terms of clutch points uh, per game. And that's no, that's that's nothing to sneeze about because you're going to have more games like that where you're going to have to make plays in close games down the stretch. And you've got a guy in Derek who can get buckets yeah. and you've got a guy like Tatum, who I think his lateral quickness, his length, he poses a lot of, I think, matchup challenges for the Anthony Edwards, the Halliburton's of the world. And they need to take advantage of that. And I want to point in this a, out in a, just an interesting, fun stat. Uh, since you mentioned Jokic, this is not a knock on Tatum, but Tatum missed more shots tonight, taking only 12 field goal attempts than Jokic has in his last five. Games. But here's the thing. And listen, we've been tough on Tatum all year. <laughs> that's that's stupid. Not, Damn. That's this. It's a stupid stat. He's missed five shots. And I, I do. He's 39 for 44. I do want to get Tatum credit for this because <laughs> we've been tough on him all year. Just silly season. Damn. Damn. Yeah. And deservedly so. But you look at the defense from this year. In isolation, he's given a .61 points per possession uh, to opponents. That's in the 88th percentile. So as it's far as isolation defense five, goes, he's up there with anybody in the league right now. Uh, you're talking about some of the best perimeter defenders in the league right now. He's, he's, in, that, he's in that conversation. And it, he has the length. He has the mobility. We've seen him embrace that challenge against Kevin Durant in the playoffs two years ago. And you mentioned some of the individual star players he might go up against. I get it there in the regular season, John. You're not going to go all out guarding Jimmy Butler all game or Halliburton in this miniseries here. And or, you shouldn't. But when the moment comes for you to close out a game, his ability to defend those type of guys should come into play. And it, if it comes down to him having to be the guy to volunteer that matchup, he's going to have to do it more consistently, especially in big spots. I mean, I don't think we've seen him enter the highest level of defense we can see from him consistently throughout this year. And when he reaches that, you're blown away by how good he can be. And he doesn't get credit for that. Like you see some of the stars in the league and guys that you're debating who could be over him, John, they can't defend like that. And that matters in terms of how I view the best players in the league. So that's always been, I think, a very underrated thing with him is just how many different areas of the game he can touch. And defense in particular, I think people don't talk about enough with him. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Well, so let me say he is. And Bobby, again, I agree. Like there's two paths. Anybody's obsessed with this at all. And Jimmy, sorry, I'll, I'll let you jump back in. But anybody who's obsessed with the MVP stuff at all, it's, Tatum's got two paths to it scoring 34 points on a team that has fewer players yeah, around 34 points doing the Embiid I, I got one other guy on my team I'm going to put up 33 a night we're going to finish top two or three in the conference I'm going to lead the league in scoring I'm going to win the MVP based off of that or he does the you know the he does the 25 eight and six with second team all defensive on on by far the best team in the league 
he can do that this year. Like you could do that right now. Like that's the next evolution. And and it's through the other thing. Take enjoy not having the burden of being the only one who can score. It should be liberating. I, I, I you know, once you're, once you free your mind completely of that, which he does a lot of the time. And like, I'm going to affect the game other ways is the best version of him by far. Um, so, it, you know, that's what it'll come down to, but you're right. Like the stats might suffer on a team this talented. It's supposed to, this team should not have a 30 point scorer with all of the offensive options. If you do, you're doing it wrong. Right? And you can tell the they're trying to break have... them out of that mindset, emphasizing that you yeah. might not have scored great tonight, but you you don't need to. You don't need yeah. to. Yeah. So I, I love how Joe's pressing that with him. And we've talked about Joe in the past, not getting on these guys enough, not criticizing them enough. But I feel like if that's his way of doing it, we talked about Jalen with the potential assist earlier in the in the year. He wasn't criticizing Jalen's playmaking. He was reinforcing when he did good things. And I think it's a similar approach here with Jason's other skill sets outside of his scoring. And listen, we knew the shooting was becoming a problem uh, for a while there. It's starting to pick up a little bit, it feels like here. I know you didn't love the shot selection, John, tonight again, even though they went in. But I just hate when they go in. I, like th- I hate when those pull-up threes go in. <laughs> but, I hate it. But well, on a night where you get, Because you know what I hate about it? What? Go ahead. No, what do you hate about it? On a night where you get 14, yeah, I, I, what do you hate about multiple it? things. Oh, the obvious, the obvious thing, which is you know, it's going to encourage them to do it more. Even though statistically, right. over the course of two years, it's proven that you're that you're among the worst, if not the worst, volume shooter in the NBA at those pull-ups. It's not an effective shot. But two, when Twitter lights up and is like, "Oh, Tatum's unstoppable when he does that," I know, great, but it just. Just do the math, guys. You you hump numbers all day long to make points and prove that you know ball, and you're going to celebrate a guy doing something that he's ineffective at on the when it when it goes in. I would rather the process be the getting to the line and working for the bucket. He's got to take some of those shots, no question about it. You got to keep the defense honest, even if he's not shooting it great. That's got to be in his bag. It's just the shot profile that we criticize this year. The number went up like one point five or almost two extra pull-ups per game while still shooting close to 29-30% on them. It's just not the right balance in your shot profile, especially when you don't need to do it when people aren't doubling you and blitzing you as much and you have to, you know, pull up and, and, and do those fadeaways. You can go to work. He can do that. So there's just not a need for it. That's all we're saying. So when they go in, it's like, uh-oh, now he's going to, you know, he's going to get back into that. And, you know, it, I... I want to see. I want to see fewer of those attempted. That's all. Yeah, he had two of those going tonight. One he got fouled on and still hit it. But for for yeah. me, when it comes to Tatum and, and John, you kind of stole a little bit of my thunder because I was going to say it's the it's the shot selection that he takes sometimes that for me, in my opinion, that's preventing him from creeping up a little bit higher on that list. I mean, even if in, instead of instead of pull up threes, if he just did more catch like catch and shoot threes. That's where he's great at. I mean, I think he's shooting 45% on catch and three catch and shoot threes. So I don't know if that's him. I don't know if that's coaching. Do guys need to get him involved? Does he need to be coming around more screens? Like, do they need to be looking for him off, off of different plays? I and definitely they are think his of- corner three attempts can go up, Jimmy. I think he has like 17 or something like that all year. So that's, that could be one thing too. But instead it's like, it's again, it's, it's the shots that they, they went in tonight, but it's those ones where 
He's, you know, on the elbow at the top of the three-point line. There's a guy in his face. He steps back and he and he shoots a three. And yeah, two of them that I can recall went in. I did see him miss one uh, pretty badly as well. But I think the catch and shoot threes are one way he can improve that three-point uh, percentage. And the other thing is, and somebody in the chat mentioned it, he just needs to drive more. I will say that it does look like he has definitely improved his like driving abilities and his, his moves to the basket, he can kind of get there in like two steps practically, uh, you know, when he's in motion and he's quick on the, like the little spins and he's got great footwork, but he just doesn't do it enough. You're bugging my game with 12 jumpers at the park. And I spoke. <laughs> he just doesn't do it enough. When he does, it seems like he gets good results. He'll either make it or he'll get fouled on more, more times than he doesn't. But he's not doing it yeah. uh, as much as he should be, and again, settling for those pull-up I mean, threes is the problem I have. And then on the other end, but he didn't tonight. He didn't tonight. He took just in fairness. Yeah, he took it to the basket. Not, he got to the free throw line right. a lot. He just hit a couple. It's just every time they go in, I'm like, oh, what the next five shots are going to be that. You know, two twenty-five. So that's that's part of it. Is he has the body to yeah. go inside now and. Uh, right, he's bigger. He's put on muscle. He's and he's worked on his low post and his you know his moves to the basket. Like yeah, I feel like we're not seeing him post as much in his recently. bag a little bit. Yeah, no, I and, agree. And he, he had enormous success with that early in the season. I love the post, so. and the numbers are there too. That's exactly it. Is like lean into the like you you don't have to be a slave to the numbers. Just but acknowledge what's going on you know like they're the they're a dominant post-up team right now across the board obviously Porzingis lifts that up but Tatum's numbers in the post have been outstanding one thing I will Um, say is they they do seem to be playing a little bit faster and that's obviously something Joe's emphasized recently too Tatum starting to get involved in that flow too totally game like this I mean 30 points in three quarters you got to be playing fast to do that so I, I like where he's at right now we've had concerns with him going back to last month I liked last game. I like this game. Yeah. I like both. You know. He had a really excellent game tonight. I thought it was one of his best all year. So uh, good to see that from him. I feel like Brown, you know, he, he's in a decent place too, coming off a good December here. And they got Drew going tonight as well. And Porzingis, it's like every night he's on at this point. So they're having everybody involved night to night more or less here, which is important. You also have Coach of the Month, Joe Missoula, who talked about that honor today in a nice back and forth with his good pal, Gary Washburn. We're going to listen to that. Uh, Does that mean anything to you? Do you get a plaque, a certificate? plaque. Like, what do you get for that? Does it mean something to me? I I would probably say um, in the past I probably would have said no, but I think it's a testament to what we're building and what we're creating. And so uh, it's a testament to the staff. I wish they would change it to staff of the month because I'm not doing it by myself. I'm not the one controlling the scouts. I'm not the one making the edits. I'm not the one, uh, you know, doing the matchups during the game or coming up with lineup suggestions. So that's the entire staff. Um, and then if the, coach, the players don't let me coach them, then I'm not really a good coach. So, like, I think it's just a testament to the environment that we're creating. Um, and so, yeah, it does mean something to me because it shows uh, what we're doing is paying off. Joe, we I do think they should get rid of the award. <laughs> yes. Or change it to staff of the month. Staff of the month. Yes. Okay. Clarify, staff of the month. That's a good humble answer for Joe. He might want to. He might want to start to acknowledge that he does have some role here. Oh, see, um, no, <laughs> they do this and they do that and they do this and the players let me coach them and it's like, yeah. oh, 
it's like I don't. What do you do here? Exactly. I try not to completely publicize the fact that Amit does everything here, um, but (laughs) yeah, but he does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We we know that. We know that. So what you're saying is, Sam Cassell. I got to I got to pretend I'm like you know uh, do this. You know, well. nice job. You know, yeah, you, I mean, Joe, Joe's got a point, though. I mean, he, he has a point. I mean, there's a lot of folks that that play a role in, in how these teams play, particularly really well run uh, successful teams. And, and Joe, I think it's I think it's a great idea to figure out a way to, you know, give them a little bit of love, too. But, man, um, let me know what you do. <laughs> when you're when you're going down all the things that your staff does, uh, give me a little insight into what you do specifically. If you if you what if you're going to be specific, you about do it. here, yeah, yeah. But he deserved it. I mean, it, he had a great had a great month, and the Celtics had a great month. And you know, the thing about it that that I, the only pushback I'd have to something like that is at the end of the day, when your team is doing well, you, the head coach, are going to get credit for that. And when your team is crap in the bed, guess what? You're going to get blamed for that. Your, your, your staff isn't going to, going to catch that. So to me, that's the double-edged sword with, with the coach of the month and coach of the year and all that type of stuff. Uh, it's great when it's working out for you, but if things aren't going well with your team, guess who's catching those, you know, catching those strays? You, the head coach. And, and that's the smart tactic by uh, kind of, you know, pushing off the credit is you take the credit, you take the blame as well. The thing is with the coach is like, again, the, the, whether or not Joe's the guy for the team or not, I, it's just the lowest hanging fruit of all kind of sports criticism. Um, and, you know, just what I think everything you, you're going to lean into when things aren't going right, fix it. You know, it's like, you know, in America, every, you know, like it's the, the president, whoever's the president is responsible for everything going on in your life. Thanks, Obama. Fix it. Yeah, thanks, Obama. Doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's like, Joe, do something, you know? So, like, he's going to catch crap for it. I always think it's like with a, like, almost like with a referee. The best thing about a coach, you want to not notice them, you know? Like, the, it's yeah. just that things just happened and it seemed normal and you didn't do anything really to mess it up or to make right. yourself the story, especially in basketball. In a sport like football, it's a little bit different because game planning and tactics are so much more involved here. But again, Bobby, we, you know, you, you, you've talked with Joe, you've watched the games. I mean, he lets them play. He, you know, he has his philosophies and he has a thing that he pushes on. And obviously a there's a lot that goes into it. It's a structure, but then he trusts them to go out and kind of do it. This notion that Joe's going to be able to like a puppeteer, be able to pull all of these strings and like keep them from going off the rails at times. I don't know. You know, I always think it's a little bit, it's a little bit too much blame when it goes bad. Um, in these situations. So again, hat tip to Joe and the Celtics for having a great month. I think it's deserved. They become the scapegoat when things go bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And from the start of his tenure, I feel like he's implemented things to make the offensive reads easier for guys and limit the turnovers and some of the other issues that they've had. So he has had an impact and he did seem to have a pretty keen awareness of what was wrong with the team's offense, even going back to that email year where you know, offensive execution was still a massive problem that year. So I, I've loved the job he's done this year. I love the emphases he's making and uh, even some of the adjustments and uh, tactics he's gone to. Like last game, he went to Pritchard over holiday late and had pretty good results there. So I think there are times this year where you look to him as being a positive contributor to what they're doing. 
right now beyond his steady leadership and the buy-in he's getting from these guys. I mean, across the board, isn't that the number one thing, John? You know, if we're going to talk about what coaches do well and poorly, it's buy-in. And he seems to have top to bottom. 100%. Buy-in from this group right That's now. What- and these are a lot of stars and guys who have, you know, had big egos and big roles and stuff. I, that was a question for us coming into this year was how he was going to handle that. And it happened seamlessly. It's buy-in or on the opposite end of it, mutiny, you know, yep. like that's what you're uh, number one thing you're afraid of is when everybody teams up against you. And it you. did seem and, like he struggled with that a little bit last year at times. And like when they start to second guess, when the players are, you know, kind of seem to be running the ship, you know, running the ship a little bit more than you are. Joe's been you getting know. killed and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. People aren't listening to you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, people aren't listening to you in timeouts. You know, they come out of it and be like, oh, yeah, nah, screw it. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's been getting killed and rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> and traded. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a uh, couple other things we'll get into before we wrap it. Um, we had. Uh, what about Pacers? Are we going to talk Pacers again or no? We, I thought Bobby, we did like four Bobby didn't say boo about Pacers yet. Bobby, I have a question for you. Does he have to? Yeah, I have a question for Bobby. Okay. Because you said something earlier. You mentioned how the Celtics have been playing really fast, faster recently, and that's been by design. Missoula's been trying to get them to play faster. Now they're playing a team in the Pacers who play faster than everybody. So how do you approach? Jimmy wants to slow it down. John, you just ruined my question. I couldn't even get my question in. How do you approach that? it up. How do you, you post do tomorrow's game, Bobby? Do you try to outpace them, or no, do you, you try can't. to stay? I shove it down their throats. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. I don't think you can either. So I'm going on the opposite side. I think you try to slow them down instead of speed. Do the Celtics – let me ask you this question. John, no. I, you know, I already asked the question. <laughs> no, but I'm asking you. you. Do the Celtics no, play better me. when they pl- – You don't answer do my Cel- question with a question. Do the Celtics play better when they play fast or slow? It depends. Really? Who are they playing? I think against a team like the Pacers, you're able to more easily find mismatches in the half court, so you don't have to play as fast to avoid. I hate when we hunt. I hate when they hunt mismatches. I hate the mismatch game. You would hate everything. No, I think that's the game against. And and then of course, play fast, defend well. Sure. No, against simple, you just do that every game. Why not? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. As Jimmy and the said, play faster than you. If they've scored 140 a- plus points the last three out of the last four games, re- regurgitate my big stat from earlier in the show. If this becomes a track meet, Jimmy, it plays into their favor. And you know, different Thank guys you, have I talked agree. about playing to the opponent's style. And that's what they did in Oklahoma City, I felt like. And that's the fastest team in the NBA statistically. So uh, that didn't work well there. It looked like it went better when they slowed down late and executed in the half court, particularly getting the ball to Porzingis. And I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. I'd have to guess no, uh, but they're going to miss him if they don't because when they play slow, they need that ultimate mismatch, John, because, you know, you're going to have the Tatums and Browns against smaller guys, and that might go one way or another. But this year's Okay, look, the last Porzingis bunch of games – That's my five bucks. Bu- I'm not sharing that. The last bunch of games the Pacers have lost, teams have scored 117, 116, 151, 127, you, 137, Rock. 140. What? Okay? So okay. they're not doing that by walking the ball up the floor. But no. you're taking my point and you're making – wait, who are the Celtics? 
No, the Pacers. Yeah, they're not. No, when they're they lose, to another, into a crawl, John. When, when, when they lose, it's when other teams just friggin' okay, and I'm just going to do it to you, but I'm going to do it better, and I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to stop you, or I'm going to keep you from doing what you're doing, but I'm coming at you. So the you want to run with them. You're not going to not. You're not going to play slow on offense and allow them to play fast. It just doesn't make sense. Like you're going to have to play with some pace there. You're going to completely change your game around just because the Pacers score a lot of points. I don't fully understand that. I I think you're going to play how you're going to play, but you're not. I mean, you're not going to sit here and try to slow the game to a crawl. You're not going to take 30 less shots than them. That's not what what we're saying. I think on the defensive end is where this game is going on the Celtic side. On the defensive end is where they're going to have to slow the Pacers down. I'm not saying on the offensive end they should slow things down to see if the Pacers will mimic them. That's not what's going to happen. But on the defensive end, they need to – whether that means more press – which we've seen them do this year, and they've had some, some success doing it. But whatever it is, they need to slow the Pacers down. They can't get into a track meet, John. It's not going to end well for them. It hasn't ended well for a majority of the teams who have tried to get into a track meet with this Pacers team. Here's the thing. The Pacers don't want to play defense. They don't want to play tough. They're not a tough team. They want to dance. They want to dance and prance, Bobby. And Halliburton has got the dance floor, and everyone's just no, watching him. Look at how the Lakers beat them in that tournament. Not here to salsa tomorrow, Shiraz. And, and and you've got no you've got no Porzingis tomorrow. That sucks. So that's going to change things. But you you got to remember something, guys. Though I mean, and Jimmy, you touched on it, and I think it it speaks to why you have to play with a certain amount of pace. That's probably going to be a little bit faster than you normally do, but certainly not at the breakneck speed that they play at. They don't defend. And when they and not only do they not defend, they foul the hell out of you all the time. They're second in the league in, in, in opponent free throw attempts per game. So you're going to get a chance to play with tempo and you're going to be able to slow it down because you're going to keep your ass on the free throw line. Well, so just make make shots and get to the free throw line. That's like another way of down, like, down, yeah. Yeah. That's like another, they didn't get to the line last well. game. No, last they time didn't. they played, the Celtics didn't get to the line. That was very frustrating. And, and unexpected. I thought they'd get there a little bit more than they did. Yeah, no. Porzingis is not going to play tomorrow. Why are you so Porz- sure? Because he hasn't been playing back to backs. But that's now last you're assuming that he's, he's just Al Horford. He's missed the last yeah. three. I think they sat Horford tonight to have a big tomorrow. They finally did yeah, it right. right. They um, finally sat a big on the front end of a back to back instead of going into tomorrow with neither Porzingis or Horford. They could have rested so, them both tonight. They could have rested them both. I also find it curious that you wouldn't want Porzingis for both Pacers games, but you are going to have Horford for both Pacers games. Uh, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Because it's a, no it's a the Monday game, you'll have everybody back. But in the back-to-back here, Horford sat tonight. Porzingis is probably sitting tomorrow. Maybe he doesn't because of the reduced minutes tonight, but I think that was the plan when they sat Horford on the front end of a back-to-back because for two years, he sat the second of a back-to-back the whole way through so this felt and he was out with rest tonight not an injury this was a decision i have no idea why you wouldn't see porzingis for the pacers yeah because because you gotta get him to the finish line healthy jimmy that's the most important thing if they lose this i mean instead of tonight 
Oh, the timing. I mean, it might be a medical reason. But do you want to go small? You think Al runs better? You want to go small a little? You want to play a little more small ball against the Pacers? And again, that's the, the opposite case. of playing big in, in a half court, setting them up and posting up KP and this and that and trying to beat them in the half court at their own game. They made a decision that they don't want that style because they're going to sit Porzingis tomorrow and play you know, both the bigs on Monday. So I wonder why that is. It could be part of what Jimmy was saying earlier about just uh, – Jimmy wants more physicality. And Al, let's just be honest, is a more physical player than Porzingis. So he give he gives you that dynamic. And you, you get a, a two-game set where you've got your more physical big available, and then you've got your more finesse big available. So you get to see which works better against them. And you do it in a regular season when the game, yeah, it matters, but it doesn't matter like a playoff game would matter. So it, it kind of makes sense why you want to split them up a little bit. I think tomorrow's going to be a feisty game. That's my. Well, oh, I hope so. Both teams will be rested, coming off big wins. It's going to be sparky. It's going to be sparky. I like that. Yeah, it's going to be sparky. We might see some Saturday texts. night. Yeah. We might Saturday see some night fireworks. Yeah, some texts. A couple, text. couple Use, players with four or five fouls. Maybe a flagrant. Maybe a flagrant. Nothing. A little F one. Little, little flagrant one action. Yeah, flagrant one. Okay. You know. I'm down. I'm down. This is a tough matchup, certainly. I think these are the kind of teams that have given this Celtics team the most trouble so far. But the biggest thing, as I started off, John, the defense. Get back. Avoid those transition buckets by the Pacers. And in the half court, I thought the Lakers had enormous success trapping Halliburton and forcing him off the ball. I think that's something you're going to have to do here. And it goes back to the aggression of this defensive scheme. We don't see the Celtics do that a ton. They didn't want to do that in that last game, and I think it cost them. Mm-hmm. All right, tomorrow, 98-92, old school, 90s-style game. I'd love to be in grind, grind, grind it to a halt and play physical. I would That's love what that. we're looking for oh, tomorrow. I will come on this show tomorrow <laughs> with the biggest horn tooting it the whole show. I'll just be tooting <laughs> Whole show. 92-87, couple of foul outs, yeah. But I will make a point to come on if that happens couple of guys you know getting at it yeah i love it the field house is indies is indies a tough place to win it is it's a, it's a good it's a good environment for basketball game it really is this, it this, really this is. would be one of their best this would be one of their best wins of the year tomorrow if they can pull it off that'd be it would be a tough one but it'd be one of their best ones well you got a fact you, you, you may not have a poor zingus so i'm not sure I know. that that might make so, it better yeah it depends yeah well, uh, lost in yeah, uh, Ahmed, you got anything for us sound wise coming? They lost in OKC. Ahmed went to sleep at the wheel. I think. What happened? He's asleep at the wheel. No, no, no! Are you kidding? He's doing like seven jobs Ahmed right now. Never sleep at the wheel. No. We got video here. Why don't you play the Stevens one? Let's talk about that. Uh, well, we can talk about it briefly. There's not much there, but a lot of people talking about uh, what we think can happen uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, here's Brad Stevens talking about he taught Bobby was down. I always want to say Waltham. Bobby was down at our back um, center for practice on Brighton. Thursday, right? Thursday, Brighton in Brighton. Um, and, uh, Brad Stevens kind of did a, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'll talk to you sort of thing and talked a little bit about what the Celtics 
may or may not be able to do uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll hear from Brad, and then Bobby's going to explain everything that the Celtics can and can't do uh, coming to up. To do whatever we need to do, for sure. And that TBE, that, I mean, that's the really the number one tool we have, right, is the, the ability to add somebody. But that's 6.1 or 6.2 million, right? So it's a small number of people. A lot of the people that are in that were signed to minimums or um, smaller contracts or are on their rookie-scale deals that teams aren't exactly excited to, to move on from yet. So it's a very small group of people um, and but we're we're going to exhaust it we're going to look at it and again I think it's about okay who can who can come in have the self-awareness to add to the group and the talent to add to the group um, I think that one of the strengths of our team is you know guys like Derek White guys like Drew Holiday they, they just are so comfortable in who they are you know they they don't always use a ton of possessions, but the ones they use are unbelievable. And every day they're positive, and every day they lift the group. And, um, I just think that when you start talking about finding guys that complement all of our best players, it's, it's a small group, you know. We just got to keep on the keep on the lookout for it. Also want to add, Brad Stevens said um, among their biggest needs are um, a wing, which we thought has been a big need for this team for a couple of years now, but they keep finding talent at the guard positions. And obviously they bring in Porzingis. No one's going to be like, no, wait a second. I wanted a wing, but they still need to kind of address that. You have Hauser coming in. Uh, Steven said that that guy can still could be in house. So it still looks like, you know, a game of survivor between, you know, Stevens and Brissett and stay ready crew the stay ready crew for that kind of those wing minutes. Uh, and Brissett was the first guy off the bench tonight. And again, someone who, because of his energy uh, and a rebounding and some defense might be, I wouldn't, I don't know if he's got an inside track, but he might be somebody considered, but um, Joe Sway, we were going to talk a little bit about the Stevens stuff, but you're, you're coming out of the locker room. You got anything to add to, to, to the, um, to the party? Here? Um, just a lot of um, the, the common theme, which I think will be something we'll, we'll be discussing tomorrow night after this Pacers game. It's a common theme about uh, correcting the mistakes against your, the, the same opponent. Right. And I feel like a lot of the questions today were about what happened against the Utah jazz and particularly with Jason Tatum. Now, Jason Tatum, of course, asked about, uh, you know, what, what changed between the last time when uh, he was limited to, poor shooting night, couldn't get to the free throw line, just all kinds of distractions. And um, a, a lot of it had to do with just, you know, reimposing defenses, knowing how to make changes, and in a nutshell, just uh, continuing to improve. And uh, that's, that's something I've always considered, um, you know, something that we forget about when it comes to Jason Tatum. I feel like we forget that Tatum, like, he he's that kind of player who who has that, that, that memory as to what happened last time. You know, it's very – it's very rare you see him make the same mistake twice against the same team, you know? And, and of course, like with the way the schedule's been lately, you're having these, a lot of these back-to-backs, even though there's a day in between, you know, like you, you're staying in Indiana later on to have a similar, uh, uh, you know, back-to-back against the Atlanta Hawks down the season. And I feel like that's great for this team because they're able to correct their mistakes. So a lot of that was brought up. Uh, Joe Mazzula, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but uh, talked about coach of the year. He feels like it should be changed to staff of the year or just get rid of the award altogether. And, um, I just think it's all goes into 
what the theme has been all season. You know, we all play for each other. Yeah, personal accolades are great. Um, and and, and uh, addressing the all-star situation, saying all five of these guys deserve to make it. Jason Tatum asked about how Chris Desperzingis is, I believe, eighth in the front court in voting. And he thought that, obviously, he doesn't agree with that. So he endorsed him as well. So I, I just think that's a common theme with these guys. So I'm, I can't wait to see what they look like, what their approach would be against the Indiana Pacers, because you're wondering how they're going to, well, at least not wondering, but you you want to see them correct those mistakes that we saw last time. You know, the reason why they didn't. And slow it down, right? right. Slow it down. Slow it down. And <laughs> slow it down. Got him. Play hard. Yeah. Like, no remember remember why they didn't go to Vegas. You know, I think that's that's something. I want to go. Uh, that's something, that's, why they didn't go to remember. Vegas. Yeah, I mean, they didn't go to Vegas because Porzingis didn't play in that game, and he's not going to play tomorrow either. Uh, We'll see. I like that for this team, though, because they can they can beat the Pacers without Porzingis, you know, and it's another challenge for these guys. Not to say that they're going to get bored out there, but I mean, this schedule right now is not it's not easy. The stretch that they're that they're in that they're on right now, you know, four games in five days or something like that, and I I just think I love. I love the two games also. I Me love, too. Love, Me I too. They play twice. And I, I love um, this type of win because obviously uh, the, the the stars are on the bench for most of the fourth quarter. You know, that's, that's what you're supposed to do when you're the, as Tatum said today, uh, the best team in the NBA. So they have to carry that. that. They got to carry that mentality into, uh, into Indiana. To build on that team dynamic, just way, you know, translate, uh, pivoting to Brad's comments yesterday. One of the big things Brad stressed beyond their limitations money-wise and the TP's total at $6 million, he narrowed the field of guys that they could acquire here even further by saying it has to be someone who's over themselves, who doesn't have that expectation that they're going to play. He said this in the past too, John. Someone who adds to the team but doesn't take away from it. It can be a talented player either way. But if it's someone coming in looking for a contract or trying to get shots or trying to get minutes, even if that player is available and talented, it might mess with the dynamic they already have here. Uh, Even on the bench where it might not be the most talented group of players, but they're playing roles and complementing the best players on the team. So that's something he's looking for. He's not sure will necessarily be out there. Um, And I do think... Yeah. Kelly Olenek, anybody? I do think it's probably going to be a smaller addition than that. Although we did talk to him this morning, he did sound interested in a return. Kelly, listen, I talked to Kelly before the game. Of tonight. course, of course, he's interested. Go ahead, Joel, if, sorry. Well, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, Ke- Kelly went out the way we all would want to go out. His last game is, is, as a Celtic, he dropped like what, 27, 28 against Washington. When, so when you call it the Kelly Olynyk game. You know, like there's, you know, for real. The other thing, seven years later, right? But the other thing, he's having a career year. When you look at his shooting, and you look at his passing, you look at a lot of the metrics that we determine whether a guy is having a good season. He's having the best season that he's ever had. And then I asked him about that, and he said that basically, when you've been in the league for a while, you kind of figure out what you need to do and the role that you need to play. And he's like, if I'm coming off the bench, I'm going to do this. If I'm starting, I'm going to do that, Uh, and just get in where I fit in basically. And then that's what he's doing in Utah. So Kelly would, yeah, I mean, he'd be good with coming back to Boston. That should be very Can I tell obvious. you guys exactly, can I tell you exactly how Olenek would play out if he came back here? It would be it, it on a different scale. It would be the exact Ennis Cantor versus Ooh. Tristan Thompson 
conversation we had Ooh. back then, which is one can only you can only Kelly have one Al, <laughs> between Kelly and Al. One can only play offense, and the other one's Ooh. really good defensively. And like. Kelly would go in there and he'd have games and he'd score a bunch of points, but then the other team would score and Bobby would be like, you can't play this guy. You can't play him. You can't yeah. play Look this how many guy. points he's given up. Yeah. Oh, you can't play this guy. Bobby, we, that's how the rest we should grab some of the, the best of the clips from that go. season, man. That was fun. <laughs> that was great. Bobby, would you, would you trade for Olenek? The freedom years, and that's freedom years. No, I don't think you can. I, you'd have to give up Pritchard. You'd have to give up one of the – or multiple of the bench guys who are central to the rotation here. So it'd have to be a guy that would change the rotation substantially. And I don't think that's who Olenek is, even though I like his That's game. a lot of pressure for Kelly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's an expiring contract. You'd have to sign him after the year. He's at 12.2, so he's not a TPE guy. You could get him on a buyout. He does come in under right. the number, barely, that – uh, the it's the buyout. That's the only yeah. way. It's not the that's trade. The only way it'll happen. Yeah, that's and you have to think this would be at the top. You, you don't. Have, you can't trade it. You, right. You'd have to think yeah. this would be at the top of his list. So he said this morning he's heard the rumors. I'm sure he's thought about the possibility that he could be moved here. There's another bottoming out season for Utah here, and you know <laughs> he's got Wojo notification. to describe as a rebuild here. So he might not fit into that. He's coming off the bench tonight, of course, as well. Uh, they have Walker Kessler in front of him, so. It's intriguing. I was intrigued by it last year, too. And now you're down another big after losing Grant Williams here. So he would fit that role to some degree. Um, but I wouldn't give up Pritchard for him. I think it'd have to be that buyout route. What about Luke? The question no, everyone's wanting to ask. That's Come on, Bobby. And that, that's specifically for you, Bobby. That's for no, you, Bobby. No, it's just you're not. If you're right, it'd be Luke plus Brissett plus. I, I, I know. I, you're not. Bobby, I know you'd have to add some other pieces to the pie. I get that. But He's trying to make it easy on himself, Sarah. If one of those pieces <laughs> had to be Luke, would you be okay with that? If he had to be part of the package to get Kelly? No, I don't think you overturn this bench. It's been a really good bench this year. It really has. <laughs> Tang William. <laughs> I get it, Bobby. I get it. I, I get it. I get you it. have to trade the whole bench. Yeah, you, you'd have I to get it. Which is fine. Which is fine because what you're looking for is your all you're looking for is your number eight guy. You know what I mean? That's it. You're not looking for anything but else. You'd probably be down you're to eight players. Right. But then I mean, look, aren't all of these guys the same guy? Have you ever seen Brissett and Banton in a room together? I haven't. I think they might be the same dude. <laughs> Like, you know, they just switch jerseys yeah. and, you know, do the hair, you know, like maybe there might be some I guys. Just can't. They're all interchange. They're interchangeable. Is this the guy, John? It's the stay ready crew. It's the stay ready crew. No, no, no. I just don't but see, but I don't see a team no ma- saying, okay, give me all those pieces. Screw it. Yeah, yeah. Take right. this like, like, no you matter, does Danny really well, you want buy that? them all out. <laughs> yeah. That's, you you right. buy them all out and they all Especially leave. Especially Danny. But, but yeah. yeah. It, it really Danny only works if you want to get a if you want to get a contract off the books for next right. year, but like you know, it, I, the buyout is more likely where it comes, but really I, whether it's Olenek or someone else, you're really just trying to get your number eight guy. That's about yeah. it. Cause right now you feel pretty good about your rotation at six and then you feel okay with Pritchard and Hauser. So you're talking about your eight or your nine and really where you want it in there is probably at the wing, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you're comfortable with Luke as a third center no, and you're pretty wing. comfortable yeah, he's not. He's not. So, I mean, I know, and Brad and Brad and Brad talked about that, but I, I think 
I think people hoping that there's going to be some magic in there might be a little disappointed. I want to wrap before we go and talk quickly again back to the Pacers thing. You know, I know the Pacers are like super impressive um, and they're fun as hell to watch. Uh, and, you know, they, they're establishing some good rivalries out there with like the Bucks and their beat. You know, they put up another 150 tonight. Does this at all feel to you guys a little bit like Orlando where, OK, guys, you got us and, and you think you're something. We're going to show you a thing or two because that's what they did to Orlando when they played the back to backs with them coming off a win where they weren't too happy. And there was a little bit of chirping. I think there's a lot of Pacers buzz right now that if I'm the Celtics or I'm the people in that room right now, I want to shut it up. Exactly. And the Pacers well, and Orlando hasn't been the same since. Right. And, it, nope. and especially because, uh, again, like if and I think this is the characteristic of this team. You, you, you're taking that last loss personally. You know, it's not just about Vegas. You know, obviously, it's just a competitive thing. And I think that's something that I've noticed a lot from Tatum, you know, especially uh, when he has those bounce back games against that same team, that same opponent. You know, he has that 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 memory, that knack to, to, to show them that, hey, yeah, you got me last time, but it's not going to happen again. And I think that that stuff is uh, contagious. I think I think that travels through the locker room. It goes back to what I was saying, John. I, I agree with you. I do think the Pacers are a better team than Orlando, so that's the difference is they're, they're going to be a harder team to sort of shut up or, or take down a peg or two. But the Pacers are the bell of the ball right now, and that's why they've been dancing all around. And it's time for the Celtics to shut the music off. It, it's time. Man, now, it's going to be hard going into in, – it's going to be hard for Indiana to do that in Indiana. But, again, it's all about – I think it to me, it's all about taking pride in in playing tough on that defensive side of things and playing hard, play physical. They don't want to play defense. They don't. Make them play defense. Make it a defensive game. Bell of the ball, play hard defense. Bell of the ball. Jimmy's in Sean, you ever heard that line before? Yeah, what is Jimmy's in full boomer mode today. Yeah, I'm a hundred years old though. I've Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to (laughs) say something that you guys will understand, John and Sherrod. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was about to give you a compliment. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, he doesn't handle his out a lot, dude. Anyway, they have taken down the Bucks three times. Uh, four, they have I defeated think, right? the Celtics. All four? No. I thought they, they had played the Bucks. I think, I I think three wins. times. It's the Bucks. Three t- they've the taken Bucks. down the Bucks three times. I'm four. They've taken down the Celtics. Uh, they lost to the Bucks once. They played them four times already. They played them they, four they times. Beat them twice the now. The next. Yeah, they beat them. They beat them twice back to back. They beat the Celtics. They've split with the Sixers. So they have some, you know, they've got some, you know, some big wins on their resume. It's interesting, uh, John. I think it's a yeah, especially because those, those two. Oh, sorry, real quick, Bobby. Huh? Those two wins against the Bucks. Not only did they come after the in-season tournament, but it was that two-game series that we were talking about where they were able to pull that off. Yeah. And um, one in Milwaukee and one in Indianapolis. It's impressive. Yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, sorry, Bobby. It's an interesting comparison. I obviously like the match to start this year, but severe offensive limitations. Celtics, obviously, an offensive team, and the Pacers can execute right there with them and control the pace of the game. So I think that makes them a lot more daunting, especially if Porzingis is out as he was in the last game there. So I, I do think that this is going to be a highly contested miniseries here. But as you mentioned, John, if they come in with a level of focus and respect for them based on how last game went when the Celtics have played with that level of focus and execution 
they've been unstoppable. And they're now ripping off game after game after game of scoring 120 themselves. And some of that's turning defense and offense. Some of that's great offensive execution here. And uh, as you mentioned, Sherrod, just no defense on that Indiana side. I thought that would matter last time. It didn't. The game just got way too sped up. And Celtics didn't have that post-finishing option to consistently beat the mismatches out there. So this is... This is going to be a split series, I think. I think one team will take each, and uh, the Pacers will stay in that mix. I mean, it feels like these two teams could be on a collision course for a playoff matchup later down the line. But that Pacers team continues to be extremely reliant on Halliburton. So he's got to stay healthy. It's fun. And it is. Yeah. He's got to stay. It is four and one against the Bucs. They've corrected me in the chat here, but yes. What was that, John? What are we sorry what are we sorry about? <laughs> Josh, I was like, this isn't going to go over well. What are you sorry about? <laughs> you were uh, wrong. Jimmy, don't you overplay wrong. your hand. Don't it's overplay four, your hand, Jimmy. It's four losses. You guys refuse to believe me on that. <laughs> John, I'm guessing. I'm guessing, but I, I think Jimmy put it on. I think that was true. <laughs> was that the one thing Jimmy listened to this show? He <laughs> said three wins. <laughs> he's, been, he's been thinking about that for a while. This is me all show. Facts, my dude, all show. <laughs> Facts, my dog. Just, I'm coming at you all show. Woo. I'm so happy Jimmy was actually paying attention. That was right. awesome. Yeah. Get used to it. I'm back. I'm back and I'm focused, I'm but back. I won't be on tomorrow. See you guys later. Yeah. Please tip your waitress. Yeah. Um, Facts, dog. Anyway, thank you guys for hanging out. We're back tomorrow. Uh, some, some of the crew, serious people will be here. Uh, tomorrow, facts, my um, dog. Yeah, and then back on Monday, facts, which is great. Monday, <laughs> Monday could be one of the most interesting days in Boston sports in recent Boston sports history. Uh, when we're talking about you know doing that uh, that Pacers game, that could be the final day of uh, Bill Belichick, which would be really interesting. We'll see what happens. The, there. You think he's gonna get? Do you I think was like, where are you going? Dirty on Black Monday? I don't think he gets Black Monday I, treatment. <laughs> I'll put it this way. It would not be shocking to me if Bill doesn't even go to the craft meeting and just says, I'm out, gives him the, I quit as HC of the NEP, um, like he did with the Jets, and that's it. Damn. You don't think he'd give a quick speech, though? No. No. You know, but I think, so like the old, like, you're cool, you're cool, you know, that kind of thing, just address everyone. F you, Today, F Bill you. Belichick yeah. canceled his, um, canceled his press conference and he did a Zoom. Um, and, two reasons to do that one um you control it and you can pick and choose and you never have to let bobby ask a question you know <laughs> yeah i see your hand up bobby you know, but no i'm not gonna yeah, do it. yeah yeah no you don't have to do follow up you don't have to do follow-ups oh abby chin seventh question for you go you know like meaning like you don't you can pick and choose who you send it to but number two i actually think bill might have gotten emotional because friday is normally his like fireside chat yeah um with reporters that was and I think big there day. would have been like yeah <laughs> there would have been some softness and some sensitivity there and i think a lot of people a lot of reporters were probably going down there like i actually kind of want to soak in like nice happy calm friday bill for the last time maybe ever and then they pulled the plug you know on it and didn't do the uh didn't do the uh presser so i'm wondering why well, that bill was. wasn't going to entertain those questions probably and he didn't want to deal with them he didn't want to deal with but I think he might have gotten emotional. I think I think there's part of him. He's like, this might be the you last. Bill, we need. Wait, no, 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 wait. 
you're saying you you think he was afraid to get emotional on camera, or you're saying like he just I think it it's already possible. hit him. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I do. We need we need yes, we need Taylor. That's the last thing Bill would ever want. <laughs> like to be, I'm just man, saying. to have that clip out there and like play it over. Me. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine, Bill? Yeah. There's been some, there's been a lot of like whispers now that oh maybe he will come back for for one more maybe they will let him do this or do that yeah so I, really I'm I'm definitely gonna go. I'm definitely gonna power down yeah. <laughs> what is that what does that mean I'm gonna I'm just gonna blink out in a minute oh. I, I, I I'm That's not plugged fine. in yeah peace is peace yeah. out to you. Um, <laughs> I don't really. Jimmy's yeah. on some ish today. Is that Yo, right? I thought it was just. Is that me. a promise? Is that a promise, or are you just threatening us? He is feeling himself. I'm, today. Pretty, I, I'm staying here, and I'm not. Bl- I'm not blinking. <laughs> Should be trying to update his when you freeze. Our, when you freeze, we're just stuck with that. Yeah, we'll do the Joe Sway freeze. <laughs> yeah. that that hasn't happened in months. Stop. Well, oh no, that was the time. What are you oh man, see, you and Taylor. I should have. And that's exactly what I back then. I should have said, you know what, guys, this thing's about to turn off soon. Otherwise, well, John, you and Taylor will be live. I'm sure on Monday if something big goes down. Oh yeah, all day, all day. I might have to pop on all day. Oh yeah, give a little eulogy. No, oh, Belichick's no, done. Jimmy's definitely hopping on. No, I've said my piece. I've already said my piece. I really? think it's time. I, I do think it's time. This team is in complete shambles, and I just Joe Joe Sway's yeah Joe Sway's Wi-Fi is like those Midwestern tornado towns, you know, with the sign like four days without Wi-Fi, <laughs> yeah. and then you know you go you go by one day later and it's zero days, you know, without with you know without a Wi-Fi meltdown. Without I'm a thinking about maybe going you to the game Sunday. I might go to the game Sunday. I'm going Sunday. Yeah, I'll be there. All right, we are going to wrap though because I'm going to I'm going to power down. It's we're, we're at the hour thirty mark. It's only eleven so o'clock. I love those seven o'clock games. We love them. We love them. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Should be a ton of fun. We're excited to watch this one. So uh, after tonight, this was a brutal game. So I'm thrilled to watch uh, watch what goes down tomorrow. We'll be back here for another Garden Report. We hope you guys join us as well. Thank you guys for hanging out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.